Welcome to the All Things Performance Podcast, where our goal is to stay hungry, to get better, and to move the meter. My name is Josiah Igano, and whether you're looking to improve physically, to get fed spiritually, or to challenge yourself mentally, we're digging deep to find those gems, and we're going to find them. Let's go. Let's, let's, Let's go. Hope everybody's doing well. You all are going to enjoy today's conversation. It is with Jason Fieser. And Jason was raised outside of Philadelphia, PA, and he felt this strong call to ministry in his late teens. Uh, he would then go on to get an associate's degree uh, in theology with an emphasis in church leadership and then move to sunny Phoenix, Arizona, uh, in which he would then enroll at Arizona Christian University and receive a bachelor's in science and biblical studies. He's been preaching for more than 12 years, and you'll see that this is definitely one of the greatest passions of his life. Him and his wife, Alyssa, have two amazing kids, and they love to do ministry together and to travel uh, with one another. Uh, This conversation is action-packed. I mean, we talk about a lot of different things. One of those things is what he calls applause-based performance. And for an athlete, for you know, a businessman or woman, whatever domain that you may be in, this construct that he shares is is mind-blowing. I love Love it. He calls it again applause-based performance. We talk about why hypocrisy is so huge. We talk about the true formula for building trust and a lot of other things. And more importantly, we talk about why faith, why somebody's belief in someone or somebody's belief in something is so huge and is such an integral part of your growth and your very existence. And so without further ado, we get right into today's conversation. Microphone check one, two. Hope everybody's doing well. Welcome to the All Things Performance Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Derek Devine, as always. Derek, what's going on? How we doing? And we got a special guest today, ladies and gentlemen, Jason Fieser, all the way from Philadelphia, PA. Yeah, We'll get yep, into that later. Yep. Jason, how we doing, man? Good, man. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Awesome, man. So Jason is a pastor here at Calvary Community Church uh, in Phoenix, Arizona. And many athletes who are going to be listening to this, many people who are going to be listening to this might say, what the heck does a pastor faith, right, right, have to do with performance. And so we're going to get into that. I'm excited for today's conversation. And, you know, before we begin, man, how are you doing, man? How's, how's, how's life in the fast lane, dude? Life's good, man. Life's really good. It's been, it's been busy. You know, we were catching up before and, and COVID was crazy because church was full steam ahead. Then COVID hit. No church, no organization was prepared for it, right? Yeah. Church, we took a huge hit. We shut down. Life was weird, and mm-hmm. my wife lost her job and had a, had a, had an injury, and just it was crazy, bro. And we had the kids, right? You know, the spring break yeah. never ended with kids, and so I feel like we're just getting back to creating memories that feel like we now have this term. This feels pre-COVID. Yeah, you know, like we, like we just went to the movies with my parents, came into town, so we went and saw Spider-Man, and, and I, I literally said, "This feels pre-COVID." A family going to a movie theater yeah. without wearing masks. So it just feels good, man, to be back in the grind. My wife and so it's awesome. I hear people hyping up Spider-Man. You see, have you seen, you seen it yet? I ain't seen the new one. I, I heard people hyping it. it up. It's, it's good. good. It's good. It's it's good. good. No way out. No way out. No way out. No way no something. The thing is, though, is there is a lack of competition nowadays. Oh, my goodness, Because there ain't been as many movies put out. It's true. Yeah. So, you know, I mean. Well, have you heard the premise about it? Like, it's good, though. And it's got all. So it was really cool. And it was kind of the Spideyverse in the real life 
so it was really nostalgic. I mean, okay. I heard like guys, like full grown men, like I cried. See, you know, I, like, I, I, that's, that's too much. It's yeah, like, it's wow, bro. Like, when, when wow. I start hearing that, when I start hearing that, I'm just like, come on, man. You cried you know in Spider Man. Yeah. 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 No, but it's good. It was That's just kind of like when you'd be watching a game and you'd be see people in the stands, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're crying. It ain't, it ain't that serious. <laughs> you don't have ownership in this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was you, good. Yeah. You didn't work you're out. Just a <laughs> you're, you're not getting paid by the student. team. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're actually paying the team to watch. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, yeah. that's good stuff, no, man. So, good. yeah, I heard, I heard it was a great movie. So when you start fun. talking about performance, right? So a lot of people watching this are athletes, people who are in performance settings. And one might say to themselves, what the heck does faith have to do with performance. And one of the yeah. things that I wanted to ask you is, you know, as a pastor, and we're going to get into this. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Yeah. What, why is faith such an integral part of the human experience, right? A lot of people have faith in themselves. Wow. Yeah. Some people have faith in the universe. Sure. Some people have faith in other people. Right. Some people put their faith in a thing, in a trinket, in a, in a uh, you know, some type of medallion. Right. Whatever people believe in that are watching this, why, in your in your opinion, is faith such an integral part of the human experience? Great question. So, so huge question. And to be honest, we all put faith in something, right? Even the atheist has faith in his atheistic worldview, right? That there is nothing greater than themselves, and the world is this is all that there is—the material experience. So. Everyone has faith in something, right? Like you said, from sport performance, and I think that's a big deal, right? Especially with your audience, and, and I know what you guys, your background is, and is a lot of guys I see burn out because their faith was in their performance mm. as their main idol and their main source of identity. Yeah, but that's why you see guys going through crisis. Yeah, the moment they leave pro ball, yep. the moment they 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 max out their eligibility in D one, they lose identity. And, and, and so when I got saved, so I, I was a, a big swimmer was my main sport. So I swam through high school. I wanted to go to the Olympics. And then God called me out of it because I was a train wreck of a person. And mm -hmm. I, couldn't, I couldn't go back into my sports environment and succeed as a young man mm -hmm. in walking in integrity. I'll just say that, right? Yeah. So the so Lord called me out. Uh, but I grew up doing sports. And, and I saw we had some of our teammates go to the Olympics. And, and it was exciting. But you see these guys now in their 30s and 40s, and they're having these major crises oh, yeah. because I really believe the human experience was created for something greater than its own self. Mm. And so whether it is higher power, whether it is a social construct, whether it's family or children or legacy, I see in my context as a pastor, it always comes down to what you place your faith in mm -hmm. determines the value you put on literally everything. Right. Right. So the guy, so the athlete that doesn't have anything greater than their own performance and what they can control will become their own ceiling. That's good, man. Be because they, That's good. Uh, they'll literally max themselves out yeah. because what else is there? Yeah. So you, you can, uh, eventually it's going to end. Yeah. Right. And so then you see these guys come to me and say, okay, what is it? There's something more. What is There's it? something more. I, I literally had a kid sit across from me the other week, atheist, foster care, doesn't have a father, doesn't have a mother. This is his first Christian experience, mm -hmm. not a church go goer, you know, and he literally said, how do I be happy? Mm. I have nothing. I don't have family. I, I just want to hit people and I want to fight and I just want to know how to be happy. Yeah. And, and, 
And what that is, is a crisis of faith. Mm -hmm. It is him as a young kid, he's 18, asking, please tell me there's more than this. Mm -hmm. Right? So yeah, I, I do believe it all comes down to That's faith. interesting. And yeah. Derek, I want you to hit on this too, because I have friends that are Muslim. I have friends that are Christian. Yeah. I have friends that are, you know, you know, agnostic, don't believe, seek, you know, Buddhist, you, you fill in the blank. Yeah. But I think that we would all agree here at this table, you know, in every locker room, in every classroom, in every church, there are varying degrees of belief, right? Uh, and, and, people are trying to find something more, right. especially in a professional setting. It's just like, it's like the more money, the more acclaim, the more fame, the more access, because for professional athletes, a lot, a lot of times, even with uh, college athletes, it's access. Right. What are some of your thoughts, man, in terms of you know, this, this gaping hole that we're trying to fill as performers? Well, I agree wholeheartedly with the fact that somebody, they're all looking for something. I think the yeah. tough thing is, is I think it's our job as Christians to for them to see us and have to stop looking at that point because they see what, what right. they're looking for within mm -hmm. us. Right. And I think at times you see is there's just uh, from a Christianity standpoint, a lot of times we're just not doing the best job of living that out in front of them. And uh, I yeah. think they're all looking for an example. And, you know, Jesus has called us to be that example, mm -hmm. you know? And so, and, you know, there's, there's, stuff, there's something that you said, and I might get the quote wrong, but it's like, you know, we need to live our, our, our faith out before, you know, with, with our actions, with our right. life, before we live that out with our words. Right. And, That's right. And I know for a fact when I was playing, you know, trying to get and, and eventually get into the NFL was like, that was my only goal. So it was like, and I started right. looking back at everything and realizing, man, I could have been a better Christian to a lot of these people. Mm, yeah. You know, like, mm -hmm. but I was so worried about this. I didn't worry about what God cared about, which are the people mm -hmm. along the way. You know, like yeah. I had a real sobering, you know, kind of example hit me. I, man, I don't think it was been a year ago, but I was on, uh, I played on the Redskins with a guy by the name of Colt Brennan, who's a really good quarterback out of Hawaii. Yeah. Oh yeah. And um, they were, they were, <laughs> yeah, he was, they were, they were down and, uh, up. and I don't know, you know, and he ended up, uh, dying overdosing wow. and and i believe it was kind of fentanyl based and i just thought to myself you know i had a limited amount of time with him and i thought to myself man was right. i really right. doing my job as a as a follower of jesus when i was around him and then you start right. thinking like man you know what i got some work to do and so it's like i, I agree wholeheartedly man we get engulfed in sports and yeah. and uh, providing for my family and money and job and access and all these things. And, and I think we sometimes forget the basics. Mm -hmm. yep. And so I, I yep. do think everybody's looking for something. And I believe everybody's supposed to stop looking once they see Jesus in someone. That's good. Right. That's so, good. Yeah. Right. I think it was St. Francis of Assisi. Preach right. the gospel right. first with your life right. and yeah. use words if yes. necessary. 100%. There you go. So I got a question for you, pastor. So when you start looking at pastors, right? <laughs> pastors yeah. live their life in the limelight. Yeah. Right. I mean, they're there. You're always on stage, always smiling. Praise the Lord. Right. Praise the Lord. Saints. How are you doing today, buddy? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You know I mean? Like that's exactly always, how I sound. You guys, yes. you guys are hey, all. Pal. Hey, 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 sport. Hey, sport. Hey, there, chief. Hey, big guy. Hey, buddy. Hey, boss man. <laughs> no. That's hey, man. I'm just, I'm just no. It's true. Real. It's true. So, so you guys are always in the spotlight. Yeah. Right. And so are athletes. Professional athletes are always in the spotlight. Right. And there's a certain 
type of decorum, especially with a pastor that you have to come in with, right? Yeah. You know, but oh, that's a man of God. Oh, you know, that's a woman of God. She shouldn't be wearing that. Or, right. you know what I mean? Why, why does that dude looking, you know, why is he, why is he looking like that? Right. You know, why is his hair like that? You know, why does he have tattoos? Yeah. Whatever, yeah. whatever the case is, fill in the blank. Does there come a point, because I know that with athletes, athletes are really good, Derek, right, at masking and putting on a face, especially mm. when you're in the public. Yeah. Be- because what it does is it actually saves them from having to deal with nonsense. Sure. Do, just, pastors, do pastors go through that? Yeah. Have you become numb to that? And, and how do you deal with that, man? Man. Good question. So I'm still growing in it because you're right. Like we, so my wife and I are covered in tattoos, right? And my, my wife's all sleeved up. When we were young marrieds, I had a lady come up to me and she goes, did your wife get tattoos before or after she was a Christian? And I said, after. And she goes, well, that's an abomination. Oh, Jesus. She, she literally <laughs> laughs out and we're like, uh, you know. And, and right, like in my world, I can't lash back. Yeah. Right? I can't. You can't, you can't. I just, don't win. You can't. I don't. You can't, you can't what did you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. I can't, I mean, just kidding. We don't, I can we don't rebuke her, her don't, right? Like I could, I could correct her in love, yeah. but it's already game over for me. Yeah. Because I'm a young, tattooed, you know, and at the time I was in my early 20s. So, so yes, and what's really hard too is it affects your kids a lot too. Oh yeah, man. And, and I'm sure in the, the professional sports world, I'm sure, uh, but I don't know if it's to the same extent because we are living in community with other people. Mm-hmm. Right, so imagine an NFL team creates a building that they all attend three times a week, and their kids play together. Mm-hmm. They don't do that, do they? Uh, Jerry's World. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so maybe Frisco. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean, right? Like, where else in the world context do you have such exposure? Yeah. They don't all go to school together. Right. Their kids are all separate, and a lot of times super protected. Mm-hmm. In the Christian world, our our kids. They're like, hey, your kid's a brat, or hey, your kid's doing this, or hey, your kid's a know-it-all, or hey, your kid, like, so our kids are in the limelight, my mm-hmm. wife is in the limelight. So to ask your, like, to answer your question, man, it, the, I was just talking about this a couple weeks ago in a sermon about church, like the importance of church reputation, mm-hmm. right? Because the world, like what you were saying, right? Like the world knows exactly what the Christian church stands against, mm-hmm. not what we stand for, mm-hmm. right? And that's to our own detriment, right? Is because we got we get very vocal about what we don't agree with, but not about what we do agree with, mm-hmm. right? So the world knows what we don't like and what we're gonna, you know, like get all in the thing about, but we, they don't know that we stand for love in this area. And so when when the church context comes home with us, it, bro, to be honest, it is really easy to fake it. Yeah. And it is really easy to put on a mask Kind of like they're put on a jersey mm-hmm. and they are what the people want them to be, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't know, I've never played NFL, but I can imagine when you're out in the stadium, you are what people want you to be. Yeah. And in the same setting, as a pastor, a lot of times you can easily become what they want, which is you tickle, the Bible talks about, you know, there'll come a time when they will not endure sound doctrine, but mm-hmm. will surround themselves with teachers having tickling their ears, meaning mm-hmm. you'll only teach what people want to hear, mm-hmm. right? So you'll literally start to fashion your life to the applause of people, which is a huge deal. We'll talk, we can talk yeah. about no, you know, applause-driven performance mm-hmm. yeah. is super huge in the Christian and the, obviously in the professional world mm-hmm. is... Go, hey, go ahead and open that up. Applause-driven performance. Let, let's come back to that, but yeah, real quick. Put a pin in that. I, I, I want to go back to you. I mean, you, you've, you've been around that. 
you know, yeah. as far as, hey, man, like, you know, perception. Yeah. I'm going to yeah, put definitely. up this veneer in, per- in perception. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about that real quick before we pass it back to Jay uh, on, in terms of the applause-driven performance. Yeah, well, like, I mean, in, in, in my goes as a pastor, you know, I, I was a pastor for, you know, close to 10 years. And, and we, I got the opportunity to work with a lot of guys within like recovery and drug addiction and things like that. And, and your whole goal was like, okay, man, like, you know, I want to lead these guys to Jesus. I want to help them. You know what I mean? Like I want to give them a different life. Right. right? And it was Mm -hmm. like, for me, I couldn't go up to those guys and be like, Hey, so there's this Jesus guy and he'll change your life. Mm -hmm. Here he is. Go. Right. You know, it was like, no, it was, it was hours it was days, it was weeks, it was months, and it was years of time with them, yeah. of them mm-hmm. spending time around me, of them seeing me and my wife interact, mm-hmm. them seeing me around my kids, them seeing me in tough times, mm-hmm. them seeing me throughout a long period yep. of time to the point where then they make a decision, hey, you know what, I- I'm willing to listen to some more stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know what, let me ask you something that I'm struggling with. Mm-hmm. Hey, I have my wife and we're not doing too well. Or, hey, you know what? I wasn't in my kid's life and now he's being brought back in. I want to get some visitation rights back. Mm -hmm. Can you help me with some advice? Mm -hmm. You know, and then so it's, again, it's like, so for me, it was, I want to build rapport and relationship with these men that I'm leading. Mm -hmm. So to the point where then they're going to start asking me for something. Yeah. You know, because I, I think at times too, you know, like what you're talking about, we don't build relationship first. Right. It's just here. Here, mm-hmm. change your life, live mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. You're sinning. It's just mm-hmm. like, nah. Don't work that no, way. No, 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 no. You know, yeah. for me, it's it's let me live my life and show you who Jesus is through my life. Mm-hmm. Yes, I got to get better every day, but let me show you this. And then let's conviction work on you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Let that stir something up in you because that's how it's going to last because then it's something they want. Exactly. It's not me wanting it for them. I love it. That's you know, so that's where I'd go with it. I love it. And when they see the disconnect, right? Like when they see, a, a, like you said, like when they, if they were to go home with us and see a different yeah. person, yeah. right? And, and I was teaching about this and, and I had a pastor call me on it, which is actually really, I, I, I appreciate it. A guy that I mentored me named Jimmy Farley uh, in my undergrad. And, and he said, well, Jason, because I said, hey, fathers, if, if I followed you home, how would you be? What would you do? And I posted this clip and then he said, well, how about what happens if they followed you home? Mm-hmm. Who would they see? Mm-hmm. What would you do? And I thought, no, it's true. It does, it's, it's us too, right? Mm-hmm. They, not only do our kids, are they watching, but right, the people that we are discipling, mentoring, mm-hmm. working with, coaching, giving advice to, if they see a disconnect from your words to your lifestyle and the way that you actually live your life on the day to day, See, and there's a difference in that, right? There is. So it's like there, there, there's 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 a difference because then there's also the other side of it where they do need to see vulnerability. No, hundred percent. They do need to see. They need to they, see you struggle. They do need mm-hmm. to see and, and weak have kiss, humility. And, yes. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Right. So, so they exactly, need to see you, know. you eat crow. Like I mean, talking to my like you know disciple guys every week, and it's like t- talking about I, I don't downshare in the sense of downloading mm-hmm. you know I'm not gonna pass the burden on that's not theirs to carry in the sense of like oh my gosh I'm mm-hmm. you know. But 
I can share, hey man, dude, I messed up. Hey dude, I'm, yeah. I'm struggling, man, my kids. It's hard to get quality time with the wife. Hey, we're in counseling. Mm-hmm. Like we're very open about that. The church, which I love, our church pays for all the pastors to be in full, like full long-term therapy mm-hmm. to make sure that we stay healthy. And so the church pays for all the pastors and families to see therapists. I was gonna ask you about that later. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So, so no, this is good. This is really good. I heard just to that, your points, both of your points. I heard a pastor once say, he goes, and like it, love, love it or hate it, but it, it stuck with me. And he said that there is no difference. There's, you don't have, a, I'll say it like this. He said, there's no, there's no such thing as a public life and a private life. He said, your life is your life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Your life is your life. Yeah. You yeah. know, and there are certain things that certain people don't need to know or they, need to, they don't need to be privy to sure. certain information. But he's just like, man, no, what you do at all times is who you are. Right. Yeah. And when you look at the word integrate, you know, integrated, it means to become one. Mm. Right. So it's something that is integrated is something that has become one. So my thoughts, my actions, my words, my beliefs, my life is is not saying one thing, thinking something else and then doing something. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, right. nah, man, like like I know who Derek is. I know who Jason is. Like like this person is an inner fully integrated person. And I don't have to worry that, you know, he's he's selling me smoke on Sundays in the right. pulpit. You know what I'm saying? Right. So real quick, I want to pivot back to you in terms of applause driven performance or applause driven passaging or whatever because I think that there is a huge connection between that for a pastor and this construct for for an athlete a hundred percent. So, and for me, and I don't know if you guys, are you guys, are you on the Enneagram train? Do you know what your Enneagram is? So, so, are? So, are, so, are we on so, that so, on the podcast? So real quick, so real quick. Is that scratching an itch? What's, what's Enneagram? Yeah, you don't even know what Enneagram is? Hey, 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 are you even a pastor? Hey, there's, yeah. there's some people that would throw oh, no. stones at you right now. Yeah. I mean, it's like the, it's like the trendy Myers-Briggs right now or like yeah, Strength yeah, Finder. So, yeah, yeah. And it has some weird backings and I don't fully endorse it at all. But it gives you some vocabulary. Drop of blood. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I need a soul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's nothing like that. So, so, uh, but on the enneagram, hate it, like it, what, like what, like what you said, uh, and I, and we, whatever. Uh, my number is a three, which is called the performer, the achiever. Yeah. Meaning, I, I am driven with this internal desire to perform mm-hmm. and do well and to be, to be seen in excellence. Mm-hmm. But then the caveat, the shadow side of performance-based, you know, or applause-based performance, the shadow side is, is a deep sense of shame mm-hmm. that if I don't do well, it's, it's a direct reflection of me as a person, mm. right? So would I be this, would my wife love me if I wasn't a successful pastor? Would my wife be with me if I wasn't an NFL pro baller? Mm-hmm. Would my, you know, so they kind of say it's like the, uh, the guy driving a Lamborghini going back to his trailer park. <laughs> right? Hey, I'm not trying to laugh. But no, a, but think about that, that, that vision. Is, that is an awesome word. That's, <laughs> that is the epitome oh, of that's perform, right there. like applause-based performance leads to that, yeah. which is you literally have to be in the public this you're driven, yeah. and it's very big in the pastoral world, uh, where when pastors leave ministry, when they don't have someone clapping and mm-hmm. amening for every sentence that they say, mm-hmm. they lose their value. Yeah, they man. lose their self worth. So does performing in a stadium with tens of millions of people cheering yeah. for you, and yeah. everyone, and you literally go home and no one claps for you when you take right. the trash out. That's right. probably why you still like, see the Rolling Stones on tour. Right, yeah. right. They're like, we'll get it as long as we can. 
from Milky Two. It's the reason why it's hard for athletes to retire. No, no one's clapping for them when they're being a successful husband. No one's clapping for them when they have a great breakfast, Dad. You're the best dad ever. When you drop off at school, you're the best. Like they have like a crowd following them, like paid, paid, like yeah, like posse, you know. Like actually, in the no, no joke to bring back to the Bible, right? In the old times, rich families would hire professional mourners to mourn for you at funerals to make you look even more important. When you were dead? When you were dead. <laughs> they would actually pay Talk about people. a waste of money, Think bro. about that. They would pay professional criers to follow you wailing and crying. It goes all the way to the grave. Wow. Is this need to be validated by what I do? This is cutting deep right, right here. I think actually, in, in full disclosure, I think I'm actually a three as well. I gotta I, go back. I would put money on it. I think I'm a three as well, but I, I'm not all into the enneagram. And I know that one of uh, one of my friends was like, "You gotta talk about the enneagram." So <laughs> this is for here you. we go. Here this is for go. you. Yeah. This yeah. is for you. Yeah, it was Angie May. Angie was like, "Hey, you gotta talk about the enneagram." So we might mess. It's some good stuff. It's some good stuff. As long as here. you can take it, balance it with with the scriptures, and it's not gospel. It, yeah, it's got weird backing background in the beginning. Yeah, whatever. So now nah, this is good stuff, man. This is really good. So I have another question for you. So in terms of, you know, when you start looking at um, you, right? I remember when I was a chaplain, I would go in, you know, work with these professional teams, uh, do chapels and stuff yeah. like that. And you know how it is. If somebody yeah. isn't living right, if somebody's not living right, and the chaplain guy comes in, the Jesus guy. Right. Yeah. Like everybody like, all of a sudden, oh, this they, guy. Hey, yeah, yeah, all of a sudden. Right. Yeah. Like they don't know you anymore, right? Yeah. Because it's, there's this, there's shame, there's guilt. Um, and, you know, one of the things one of the things that I want to know is that when when you are in that situation, when you are going up to somebody and all of a sudden it's like, oh, here comes here comes this dude um, or uh, here comes, you know, here comes a pastor, here comes a preacher, man. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you how do you deal with that, man? You know what I'm saying? Because that would that would become numbing to some extent to have this yeah. conviction to be on this platform. And then every time you're around, oh, can't cuss. Here's a pastor. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, like, how do no, you? I don't do get you... invited to the bachelor parties. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it's like being a cop, right? Like, they literally, you're not the fun guy. Yeah. Even though I'm like, guys, I'm fun. Yeah, I swear. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not gonna like go. Oh, yeah. Like, do yeah. some crazy. But I'm like, guys, come on. I'm still a guy. Yeah. But literally, so okay. One thing, full disclosure. If they don't know me, I don't tell them I'm a pastor. So mm. I don't tell people I'm a pastor. Yeah. Unless they know me in this context, mm -hmm. like my Starbucks people, my local gas station mm -hmm. clerk doesn't know who I am. Now, am I discipling it and reaching out and witnessing to them? Yeah, 1,000%. Mm -hmm. But the moment they hear you're a pastor, Boom. wall goes yep. up. Boom, because yep. a yep. church hurt me, a church abused me, a pastor raped me, something bad happened. Uh, my parents were kicked out of a church. I was shunned as a child. Or they, they're an, I'm an atheist, so or I'm, you know, I'm a homosexual, and so you hate me right away, and you're going, whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, and so instantly, mm -hmm. all these presuppositions go up, and mm -hmm. so it instantly stops the gospel. And mm -hmm. so I'll tell people from the pulpit, you guys have a bigger reach than I do, because the moment they hear I'm a pastor, like you said, they're, oh, oh, yeah, oh, oh, did I just cause? Oh, yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, no, my girlfriend, oh, we're not living together. Oh, yeah, no, she's moving out today, yeah. I yeah. mean, <laughs> it just gets weird, man. And then all of a sudden, like, you can't even be real with them because yeah. they're just faking it for you, and it's like, and then it's hard. It's like, you don't want them to be like, no, no, yeah, sin, no, it's cool. Yeah, yeah like, I sin too, yeah. yeah. So you don't want to... Yeah, you can't meet you, them where they're at. Yeah, you're like, hey, yeah, no, like, hey, pass me that joint. Like, I'm cool too. It's not that, but, but it doesn't... 
I don't want them to ever think that it's like I'll come to Topic Golf with you. Y'all can drink. I'm, yeah. I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna get sloshed though. Mm-hmm. Like I'll be the only one hitting some, something decent, yeah. you know. But like I want to hang out with you guys. I love you. Right. So so it is really difficult. So yeah, like so uh, pre COVID, and you know, you know this about me. I built. I was building furniture, right? Mm-hmm. So I have. I'm a carpenter as well, and so I would just tell people I'm a carpenter. So if anyone asks what I did, hey, my man's really trying to be like Jesus over here. <laughs> I'm like, yo, listen, I build, I build, build furniture, I build lives. What can I say? So, so I would use that because I'm not lying. Yeah. Or I've even heard of pastors. They'll say I'm, com- I'm a community developer. Mm-hmm. You know, or, or I'm. Not. <laughs> right? You think about, I, I develop communities. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, we work in a community. I develop families. But it's literally anything that yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. I'm a pastor. Uh, yeah. Because the moment it's over, you're, yeah. you, you're gone. Unless they're a Christian. Yeah. Then they're like, oh, wow, cool. Hey, I've got this question. Yeah. Right. And, and I got this one, you know, this mole right here. Can you look at that? Because he asked me about that spiritual thing. So then that's a whole nother story. Yeah. So right? this is good. I, so, so Derek, you and I have both been around. We've all been around players that have had some type of faith, right? You yeah. know how it is. It's like you go to chapel. Everybody goes to chapel. Right on Sunday, right mm-hmm. on game day, fifteen minutes before yeah. you know we have to be at such and such meeting. Everybody's in chapel, or or you're always praying the Lord's prayer before the game, right? Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. No, 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 no. right. As right. a team, right? So, yeah, so, so, yeah, for so, sure, so, for sure. So, so check this out. So, and and I have a theory about this because <clears throat> it's really easy, man, for people to be judgmental, dude. Right, like, oh, you in chapel, man? I, I was with you last night when we were doing the, the you know, what I'm saying when right, we were doing yeah. dirt. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's really easy for cats to sit there and judge other people. Like, oh man, is that dude? Is that dude really? Is he really? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. It's yeah. easy to judge. And this is my theory, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. There's a reason why chapel is always full, bro. There's a reason why. Yeah. There's a reason why people are when when you know they love gathering and coming to church on Sunday, even though they were at the you know at the club last night doing the most. Mm-hmm. And I believe <laughs> I believe that the reason why that is is because of what you said earlier. Right. There is a hole that is not it, it, it is never satiated. It is never fulfilled because they yep. are searching for something yep. bigger. Yep. And and for me, like knowing that, I want my my brother in chapel. Right. I don't care if he's living it or not. I don't care. Yeah. I want him in yes. there because you never know at what point, right? That somebody, as you said earlier, is it's gonna flip that switch. You never know. I've seen I've seen it, and cats are just sitting there. Like I, I remember in 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 our senior year in college, there was one of my good friends, Shannon Butler, before we had the Bible study. So Derek and I, uh, we've known each other for twenty years. Uh, and he actually gave his life to the Lord as a result of this Bible study. That's cool. There was one of these. There was one instance where one of our my good friends, we looked at each other because we went to some party, right? At some point, I don't know if mm-hmm. we were doing the Bible study or not, and we kind of like looked at each other and we we're like. What are we doing? <laughs> why are we you here? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. why, what are we, what are we yeah. doing? Mm-hmm. Why are we here? <clears throat> and so I'm setting this up for you to answer this question. Why do you think, and, I, and I'm, no, after, as soon as you're yeah. done, I'm going to pivot back to here. Yeah. Why do you think there's this obsession with hypocrisy in the world? People say, oh man, y'all are hypocrites. Christians mm-hmm. are hypocrites, mm-hmm. right? What, what, what do you think? is this obsession with hypocrisy, especially when you're talking about Christians? Uh, uh, well, first off is I feel like we're not always living it out the way that we right. should. 
I think at times too, like there, there were guys, I had a guy actually reach out to me like, man, it had to be seven or eight years after I left college. And he's, and he just said, Hey man, you know, I just, I really appreciate how you lived your Christianity. I never felt judged by you, man. Mm -hmm. And I just, and I really just felt led to just message you, man, just to say, thank you for always being who you said you were. Wow. Cool. And it was like, and so I, again, I just like that. Those guys that come to chapel, they're all looking for something, mm-hmm. you know, some, something my dad always used to say is there's always somebody watching. Yep. Always, man. Always somebody yep. watching. And yep. those guys are very, very, very intelligent. They yep. know who's, they know Christianity more than they would lead on. Yep. And they yep. know what you're supposed to be doing that's it. and what you're not supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So they know the real Christian and they know the guy that's not. Mm-hmm. And they are constantly looking for somebody to be wrong, somebody to be off. They're constantly looking to say, yep, he's not the guy. Yep. And so for me, through trial and error at times, it's like, I'm just going to worry about me. Mm-hmm. And then therefore, I can live something that they're going to want to ask about someday. Yeah. Might be 10 years down the road. Mm-hmm. I mean, I never knew I impacted that guy. Yet eight, crazy, seven, man. eight years later, he reaches out to me and says, hey man, I just appreciate you actually being who you said you were. Yeah. And I think a lot of those guys, because I've been in the NFL chapel too, it's, it's packed. Mm-hmm. And that's great, man, because they should be there. Mm-hmm. But eventually those guys are going to come looking for something. Yep. And are they going to come looking for you? Yeah. And for me, it's like, I want to be the guy they look for. Yeah. Because they know what's real and what isn't. See, that's the thing. Sometimes there, I think we as Christians are like, no, they need to be told the truth. It's mm-hmm. like, no, they need to be loved. You yeah. need to meet them where they're at. Yeah. Right. And then let the Holy Spirit convict them. Mm-hmm. And then you're there to mentor. Mm-hmm. You're there to counsel. You yeah. know, you're there to keep them accountable. I think that's how you build trust with guys like that. Yeah. Because yeah. again, yeah. like those guys are automatically like, I don't need to be judged right now. Mm-hmm. Right. You right. know what I mean? It's like, I already know what I did. So mm-hmm. right. I already feel bad enough. Right. Yeah. You know? And I think at times it's almost like we rub their face in it. Yeah. You know? And so. and, G- and, G- and, and Jesus didn't do that. Never. No. Yeah. He never did that. So I, I want to, that's good, man. And, yeah. and so to your, back to you, like what is this obsession with hypocrisy? <laughs> yeah. I think it's exactly what Derek said, right? I think it's Christians got very, very vocal about what they didn't agree with. Mm-hmm. And then went went home and did it anyway, yeah. right? So they would speak out against homosexuality, and then a pastor in Florida falls with homosexual relationships, mm-hmm. and it's plastered all over national TV. Yeah, or or the, or the pornography, or the pornography yeah. right? Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. so it's like the moment they would, or, or you know, the pastor that it was a drunk, mm-hmm. and I won't use any of their names because they're all real people, right? But it's like the world eats that stuff up because mm-hmm. they know exactly, like you said, I, I've said it before too. The world knows exactly what a Christian is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. Well, now, maybe not the yeah. intricacies of faith, no. but they know what practical Christianity looks like. For the most part, you don't cuss, you don't look like this, uh, you don't get drunk at the bar, you don't hit people, um, and you know you don't sleep around. And you, it's like so. So when you start doing, I mean, when I was a so I, when I was in college, I was working as a butcher to pay mm-hmm. help pay through college and so hey man you look like you could be a butcher thank you, thank you Jason the butcher bro it was my hey, dream give, hey, give one of them leather yeah, aprons you know what I'm saying dude I hey, literally you know, it was my dream it was my dream I covered in blood and a big giant machete all day I was like I don't get paid for this this is good so I would have done it for free but I had this guy big military dude fully like full suit like tat from head to toe raging atheist like antagonistic atheist mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. 
And so, and I'm not a pastor. I'm just in Bible college, right? So I'm a young Christian you man. You ain't there yet. You don't I'm not the there. I'm you not, I'm not anointed. Yeah, yeah. I, but I'm, I'm in my books, right? <laughs> and he would always come over with some little Snapple bottle fact about, well, did you know, right? And one time I was having a bad day and I may or may not have cussed. And, but bigger than that, so this guy's name is James. And he goes, I, I didn't know Christians were allowed to have bad days. Oh, dang. And I was like, oh, <laughs> well, first of all, <laughs> we are. Second of all, thanks for noticing, right? But it's like, but that's the world, right? The world's waiting yeah. the moment they, they notice mm -hmm. a crack in the armor. Mm -hmm. They say, fake, false. Yeah. Now I know why I don't believe it. Hypocrite. Because what they're looking for is an excuse to, to get rid of this. Yeah. Right? So if I represent this, and they knock me out. They say, mm -hmm. see, this was all trash anyway. Mm -hmm. Right? So the world is upset. Even though the world, we are all hypocrites. Yeah. The reality sure, is there's for always sure. cognitive dissonance. There's always things that we, Romans chapter seven, I don't do what I want to do and I do the things I don't. That's mm -hmm. hypocrisy. Yeah. Paul is literally saying, I am thinking in my brain, I shouldn't do this, but I still do it. Mm -hmm. Because we struggle. We have sin. We have weakness. Mm -hmm. But the world doesn't understand it because they do it all the time, but they're not thinking about it because they're not morally aware mm -hmm. or like, mm -hmm. you know, astute enough to think three levels deep of, you know, I, I think therefore I am and then mm -hmm. I do therefore. I, like They're not thinking in a sense that we are where we really feel mm -hmm. like I, I don't, I don't want to do that. And so the guy struggling with pornography tells his non-safe buddy, yeah, I'm really wrestling with that. And then they just instantly go, oh, I thought Christians didn't look at porn. Mm -hmm. I go, well, we, we're not supposed to, but it's not that easy. Mm -hmm. There's brains, there's chemicals, there's endorphins, there, there's, mm -hmm. there's addictions, there's all kinds of, you know, compulsive addiction disorders. Uh, but they just go, see, it's fake. Yeah. You never changed. Yeah, we're humans. I think at the, yeah. the, at the core of this conversation, like, we're human beings. and you There look, is biology at play here. No doubt. No doubt. And you look at the disciples. Those cats all struggled with different Bro, things. They were crazy. They were murderers. You know what I'm terrorists, saying? Terrorists. Robbers. Extortioners. Mm -hmm. Goody two-shoes. Yeah. Judas. Yeah. Yeah. And listen, and it was cool. What you said about discipleship taking years. J Judas, Jesus let Judas hang all the way, no pun intended, all the way to the end. Yeah. Three years yeah. Judas hung around with Jesus, knowing he was going to be betrayed by him. He still let him tag along for three years, hoping mm -hmm. he would change his heart until he threw himself out mm -hmm. and betrayed Jesus, right? So there, there were guys that weren't even saved through Jesus's ministry until yeah. after the resurrection. Yeah. So, so that, I, there was a saying that was told to me and I stole it, which was that you don't have to believe to belong. And it's something I'll say in our young like group, which is, I like that. and I don't, you can run away with it theologically and get weird. Yeah. But just in the sense of organizationally as a church world, there's this false dichotomy that I have to be better before I get better, mm -hmm. right? Of, you know, oh, I have to stop smoking before I come to church or, mm -hmm. or I have to, I can't be on pills when I'm at church. And, and, and I say the opposite, like, hey, come on, like, come however you are. Like, mm -hmm. I, I mentored a dude that would show up to my home group, to my house, high on pills, mm -hmm. total F boy, womanizer, super drugged out. And he would show up high to my house, dude. Mm -hmm. and, and we just loved him. We loved on him. And then he got clean. He got sober. I did his wedding. And he's married. And he's sober. Right? So we'll say you don't have to believe to belong. Meaning, hey, if you're here in church and you don't believe in God, we're really glad you're here. I love it. And this is the best place to figure it out. Yeah. Like, be, it's you're safe. welcome. It should be figure safe. It, out. it should be non We're figuring it out. Yeah. And so we say that I say that a lot on Thursdays, uh, which is our young adults, because we get a lot. And, and because we... 
instill that culture, which is cool, is friends then trust the church mm-hmm. with their unsaved friend. That's right. Right? Because if, if I don't trust the pulpit with my unsaved friend, that the pastor is going to go, oh, I see you in the front row. Yeah. I see you. Yep. You're not safe. They don't see. They're never going to bring their unsafe never, friends. Yeah. I want them to be, I want them to trust me as their pastor to yeah. bring me their unsafe friends because I'm going to love them. This is good. You this is I mean? good. I mean, you've been dealing with that for a latter part of 10 years now. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, just yeah. really quickly, I mean, for those who, who are listening, yeah. you've been working with a lot of individuals who have, who've had drug addiction. Yeah, you, yeah, um, you know. And so you've seen this, man. Mm-hmm. How important is that element of what Jason is saying in terms of loving people, being non judgmental, and just walking with them through their mess? You know what I'm saying? How important is that? Uh, it's, I think it's really the only thing you do. Yeah, you know, it's, the, it's really, the, it's the, it's the one thing you do for them, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. that's, what's going to build trust and faith and relationship. Because I think it's so hard to start off with this invisible God and developing a relationship. Mm-hmm. I really feel it has to be, Hey, follow me as I follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. And then that's going to turn into Questions. you following Jesus yeah, yeah, because right. we're going to get you a relationship through mm-hmm. this, you know? And so I, yeah. I think it has to start everybody's Christian. I mean, like mine started with you running a Bible study. I want what you have. I don't have it. Right. So I have to ask you for it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to YouTube it or Google it. You have it. Why not ask you? Mm-hmm. And I did. I walked across campus one day. I said, Hey, this stuff you're talking about, I want that in my life. Mm-hmm. And then I started going after that. Yeah. You know, but you showed stuff that I was like, Man, that's enticing, man. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me go next week. I didn't come the first day I met you and mm-hmm. say, Oh, man, <laughs> it was yeah. weeks, dude. Yeah. I, I have to yeah. watch and watch and watch. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you know what? I, I've gotten some some angles on all of this. Mm-hmm. It's looking pretty good. Yeah. You know what? Wow. I'm going to invest. Yeah, You know, and so I, that's where all the success I've had mentoring guys like that, uh, I mean, uh, came through. Let's just, let's just hang out, man. Yeah. So long let's just me, so just long me and you. Yeah. Yep. Praise God. That's yeah. good stuff. That's really 100%. good. 100%. So, so yeah. check this out. So this, this leads perfectly into the next question. When you start looking at the church, you start looking at this year, we're in 2022. You start looking at the pandemic. Yeah. You start looking at the Generation Z, the boomers, the, you know, the Y, the alphas. You start looking at online, metaverse, NFT, Bitcoin, crypto. You know what I mean? Like, like, like there's this, there's a lot of things that are happening right now. Right. And you start looking at social justice. You start looking at COVID-19. You start looking at political unrest and unease. And then you start looking at this thing that we're talking about today, our faith, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I have a question for you. As somebody who, you know, is a shepherd of, of people, yeah. right? What, where do you think the church is going, right? Where do you think this thing is going? Because there are some people who say, you know what? I'm not trying to go to no church. Yeah. I'm not trying to be within the four walls. I'm going to yeah. just YouTube it. I'm going to just watch online. Yeah. I'm going to just take it all in from afar. And there's all these things that are happening in society, in the world, for a young person listening to this, yeah. what what is some advice, A, and B, where do you think this thing is going, man? Loaded question, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. Just the fate of the church. Yeah. So, uh, this is what I, so this is just my opinion. 
I see a massive return to the fundamentals. Because we have gotten so metaverse, or like I just saw a big, very famous church now has a meta, you know, a, a simmed out uh, church ex- online experience oh, for like Oculus people. <laughs> like you can actually attend their metaverse church service. And now, now praise God, yeah, maybe yeah. for the one person yeah. in like Albania or the Philippines that can attend their church, but why not a church there? Mm-hmm. I, I, it, so, don't get me started on that. <laughs> but what, here's what I think is happening. You follow the church model. This is interesting. Follows uh, the, the shopping mall model. Think about the last, in the, like the 80s, shopping malls were a huge deal. Mm-hmm. That one big building where there was everything. Well, what's happened? How many shopping malls are still left in America? Like a couple dozen? Thousands. So, so, so when you say shopping mall, I'm talking about define ju- that. Define shopping mall. Shopping mall, a huge... A mall, just, you know, like Metro Center, Arrowhead, you know, Scottsdale Quarter, these giant complexes that we built that yeah. thought everyone wants to be here because we have everything. Then Amazon mm-hmm. came online, yep. and now shopping malls close everywhere. Mm-hmm. Got it. Mega churches are falling everywhere because people are realizing that, uh, one, no one knows me. Mm-hmm. Right, so if you fall, no one notices. Right, my pastor doesn't know who I am. Yeah, he doesn't know my name. I have a number on the he screen. Doesn't know, my he doesn't, know my, doesn't know your children. Yeah. doesn't go to their birth. And I'm not saying you have to like a personal coach, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like they should know you, right? And so I see some a shift happening in the what the Lord might be calling us back to is a return to the basics. Yeah, which is just local church, man. Us hanging out, being real, mm-hmm. teaching verse by verse in the scriptures, being in service. Mm-hmm. And if and, and if they have to watch, okay, praise the Lord. But you know, I said this a couple weeks ago that online is a substitute, um, but it it like it, it's necessary, but it's not a substitute for the local church, right? Mm-hmm. And and it can get very easy and very comfortable. So my advice to a young person, if they're looking to dive in, would be to find a great local church find real people to mentor you. And again, I know like you do coaching online that intersects with that, you know, state lines. And of course, like we're able to mentor and coach people that you would have to live there to do five years ago or 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. But now you can, because of technology. Mm-hmm. So I'm not knocking it. But what I see is a generation that's starved of relational intimacy mm-hmm. in real life. Just in general. Just in, in literal. General. Just in. They don't know how to have lunch with someone and have normal yeah, conversations. Think, uh, you know, you bring up you know? kind of like, uh, and this isn't some like political podcast, but it's like like you bring up the pre-COVID. Yeah. Right. And it's right. like, and I think that's the biggest thing through COVID yeah. that's suffered. Yeah. Yeah. Is relationship. It's shattered. Yeah. You know, and it be, yeah. and you know, and then you just get depression rates skyrocket. Suicide you know, rates suicide crazy. And yeah. Medic and drug domestic overdose violence. and yeah. Yeah, all that violence stuff is completely yeah. skyrocketed yep. because there is no relationship. And that's what everything it, it that really, really works. It's relational, man. Right. And it's I ag- agree wholeheartedly with that is you know, like people just talking about like, well, what's wrong with the world? It's like you know, I saw a post about Martin Luther King Jr. the other day. It's like, we we just should start our day with playing that speech in every school. Right. It's crazy, man. You wow. know, it's just, and, and how long ago was that? Yeah. It wasn't, mean, that, how, it, it wasn't that, that long, long ago. ago. It wasn't that you know, long ago. I mean, I don't want to get into like war and killing and all that stuff, but it's like, how much better off would we be if we actually had like 15 year olds trying to lie to go serve their country, mm-hmm. 
to go die for their country. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, just for the other people to keep them safe. I mean, we don't got to go into all that, but it's like just the selflessness, the willingness to say, hey, you know what? I want to give my life to something bigger than me. Mm-hmm. Right. I just, I think we're, I think we're losing that. I think yeah. we're getting away from that. And I think it's, really I think it's far a, lost, which yeah. really, as we talk about Christianity, that's what this is. Yeah. I'm giving my life and I'm living it for something bigger than myself yeah. or what I can have yeah. my assets, my home, my car, my nice stuff. I'm living this for, for something bigger than myself. Yeah. And I just think we're losing that. That's what mentoring is. Hey, I want to help you. Right, mm-hmm. you know, right. No strings attached. Nothing. Just, yeah. just. I'm gonna, I, want I want you to be better. You. Yeah. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. Right. And, 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 and that's what, the right. problem. What you're saying goes back to what you said in terms of the fundamentals, and I and, and I wholeheartedly rather believe that. Um, you said something about Martin Luther King. I believe that you know God. Every now and then, He gives certain people the code, or He gives certain people yeah. divine insight, yeah. big time mm-hmm. insight. Martin Luther King Jr., yeah. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Mm-hmm. was one of those individuals. 100%. You start list, you start listening and reading some of the stuff that he said, that stuff was from God, bro. Like like mm-hmm. straight up, I believe it was from God. Mm-hmm. And he gave us the code. But what do we do? And you do? imagine how much better off you'd be if we just did that. Yeah, just do that. Yeah. Just we do didn't that. even get anything else. Yeah. You just did that. You just do that. Right. He I gave, mean, that's he, the he, tough thing. The code. And it's just like, yeah. oh man, okay, like this is, this works. This is applicable. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we make it really hard, man. And I'm not knocking metaverse and all that like you know zuckerberg is it zuckerberg is zuckerberg, zuckerberg right? is it zuckerberg know, sure facebook that's his, that's his name Facebook. Right? yeah Mark, yeah, Mark, yeah. Mark, like i'm not knocking know. i'm not knocking all that yeah but at the end of the day to to the, to the prior points that were made covid did show us that guess what there's a lot of things that we can do that we don't have to be there physically to do right but and what it has problem. done is it's gone back to this thing yeah. where you cannot replace relationship you can't, can't can't do it dude can't be replaced you can't, you can't and you can't live in fear right and and i and and i think one of the biggest symptoms of covid and not getting political yeah but was people living in fear mm-hmm. and and there were people dying and it was and listen as a pastor we we have buried dozens of people at our church so that died sad, of COVID, man. right? So it's like we're, I'm not naive to the fact that I buried more, you know, the people. Um, but coming out of it now, there is still this massive blanket of fear for people to come back into relationship, mm-hmm. and we're still seeing fresh faces that are like, "This is my first time back in two years." It's crazy, and we're man. going, "Wow, oh, praise the Lord!" And listen, yeah. if you got to wear twenty bandanas around your face to feel safe, fine, do mm-hmm. it. But we were created to be in relationship. Yeah. I think everyone can agree across any religion or any denomination, right? And, and I believe from the Christian perspective, we were made in God's image, which mm-hmm. is a relational image, the Trinity, mm-hmm. right? And so we were created to be together. That's why we're always better together. The yeah. person, the straggler, the wanderer is always worse off. Mm-hmm. Not saying we all there's, go with the, yeah, you know what I'm saying? There's nobody that could come from what we just came from and say, my life's better now. Right, like yeah. I enjoyed yeah. having no friends and no life. Maybe yeah. one introvert in Alaska. But yeah. I mean, it's like the rest of yeah, the really, like, But even di- them. If you dive into that, yeah. no, they're, nah. yeah, right, yeah, they're just yeah, saying, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. No, so yeah. they, they made friends with the deer, you know, yeah. or like the, the polar bear. So so <laughs> we are way better together. And, yeah. and we're, so I think I am beginning, at least even just I'll talk just in my context, that's something that we're trying to do at our church, right? Mm-hmm. So we've cut streaming between campuses so that one campus isn't piping in another pastor's sermon. So, mm-hmm. so we're only having live teachings at in, that campus. At that campus yeah. because we realized people want, people need 
a live person talking to them. Because mm-hmm. if we're piping it in for a, an audience, mm-hmm. what, that's what that becomes. What, just go home. It's a glorified Zoom Watch from home. It's why a, am I, I here? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, why am I being pressured to tithe? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't have to fake the worship. Yeah. Just watch at home in your PJs yeah. with popcorn. Yeah. And then you won't. Yep. Because it doesn't, no one cares. So we, that was a big commitment we made pre-COVID actually, was we want to get back to the basics and let's start having a live pastor teach. Even if we are multi-site, we'll drive and teach. Mm-hmm. And, and, and because just not to toot our horn, but to, to say this is something that we've been wrestling with mm-hmm. is it's very easy to check the online church box or to have a great social media platform. But at the end of the day, what is that really doing versus the person that I'm meeting with in my office mm-hmm. to not get a divorce? Yeah. That's marriage is shipwrecked where the guy's an alcoholic and he wants to kill himself. That's the real sauce, mm-hmm. right? That's where you see transformation yep. happen is when you can be right here saying, hey, dude, I-, I will go with you to the court proceedings and I'll sit with you and advocate for you because I know you're a good dad. Mm-hmm. And they're going, what is this? Yeah. And that's the way it was supposed to be. Yeah. That's, that's the way good. it was. That's good, man. That's good. This has been really good. We're going to have to have you on for a part two. Woo! But, you know, as we get ready to close here, what, you have a room full of athletes, you have a room, room full of high-level performers. This is loaded. What is the encouragement that you would tell them today? What would you do? What would you say to encourage this room? Anything you can tell them, anything you want to tell them. You got three minutes. What, wow. is, your, what is your message? Yeah, here it is. So I think I would go back to the applause-based performance, right? Because I think that's at the heart of what I see and what's something that I've struggled with personally, which is who are we when the audience is gone? And where does your performance level, like, you know, you think about like, you know, all the, you know, you have like a little barometer on Mm -hmm. on the water line, right? I definitely, especially early on, that performance changed when no one was watching, right? That's the hypocrisy, right? That's where no one's watching when you lead the sports team and, and no one's clapping for your, your every move. You change as a person, right? So my encouragement would be, would be to find consistency in your personality and who you are as a person. And that, again, comes back to what you anchor yourself to. Because mm-hmm. right? if you're only anchored to our performance and what other people think about your performance, we're going to be a, a ship lost at sea, mm-hmm. always looking for somebody mm-hmm. else. Turns into codependency, mm-hmm. right? The, the, the mental illness. It literally turns into, please tell me I'm doing good. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even matter if you are good. It only matters if someone tells me, mm. right? Like if you if you're a good husband, it only matters if your wife notices, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'll do things just to make sure she sees it right when she comes home. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh hey, yeah, right? Yeah. Just because then if, yeah. if I did the dishes, she doesn't notice. Was it worth it, mm-hmm. right? And that's the mentality, applause-based performance. So mm-hmm. growing in consistency in that. The person that I am when there's no applause, no one cares, no one's validating Jason's ego Mm -hmm. and saying, hey, dude, you're great, you're great. Who's that person when the lights go out? Mm -hmm. And the only solid anchor that I have found and that I have seen consistently in other people's lives is it being in Christ and having a consistent anchor in Christ who says he is the anchor of our faith. And so otherwise, when our identity is based on our performance, even our high caliber leadership and salary number and mm-hmm. making six figures or making over 200, all those things are super, super great until they're not enough. Mm-hmm. And someone doesn't clap anymore every time they get a promotion. They're actually rooting for you to lose. Yeah. Because the world wants what you got. And once those things tap out and run out, who are you going to be then? 
And, and I have seen it time and time again is it comes back to faith and who you place your faith in. That's awesome. Yeah, that's what I would and say, for man. You, for you, that faith is... For, for, it's Christ, man. For you personally. It's the Lord, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, no, Derek, what you think, man? Another one in the books? Another one in the books. <laughs> yeah. Drop the mic on yeah. him. We ain't got nothing else. We ain't got nothing yeah. else. Yeah, that man. was good. Yeah, that cool. was good, man. Cool. You know? Yeah. God bless you guys. Thanks for having me, guys. This Pastor is... Jason, man. Jason Feaser. Hey, where can we find you real quick online? Where can we find Gosh. you? Gosh. Yeah, I hate saying all that and then plugging myself. No. Um, I mean, I'm on Instagram, uh, Jason Feaser. Uh, and TikTok. I just started TikTok. Oh my gosh. You know, listen, the young guys, I'm, I'm like, they're like, you get, I'm like, listen, I don't want to learn another social media language, but they convinced me to be on TikTok. And it's actually been fun, because here's why. Facebook is like for the birds, my parents, my grandparents, yeah. and church members. IG is for like young adults. Yeah. And then TikTok, I'm looking at as outreach. Yeah. And so I'm just posting dating tips and relationship tips and uh, spe you know spiritual abuse tips yeah and uh red flags so uh, that's new but yeah i mean just google my name jason, Fe jason he Feaser. said google me just google, google me no don't google, google me, me. <laughs> google me no that's yeah, that. uh, you <laughs> can find me on wikipedia yes I, i've made my own page i am the only one that made the page <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm, oh, on I'm on linkedin uh, yeah, yeah yeah just find my link tree no, oh jeez no, that's man, great no. man honestly just whatever that's awesome man man uh, thank you so yeah, much thank you guys yeah. once again this is josiah egano Derek divine and for our guest pastor jason feaser god bless you guys and we'll see you soon if you like the idea of more people hearing this podcast please take a moment to rate and review us because in doing so you actually put all things performance in front of more ears and in front of more eyeballs and people will actually know that we exist so uh, we'd love if you did that uh, you can follow all things performance on Facebook, Instagram, and all of the social media channels. Until next time, God bless you, take care of yourself, and we'll talk to you soon.